Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, day two of the Bucks joint practice with the Tennessee Titans commenced, and uh, it was fairly non-eventful except for the melee at the end. <laughs> we'll get into that between Jeffrey Simmons and and Leonard Fournette, if you're going to pick two people on a roster that were going to be in a scrap at the end of a practice, yep, those two you would be have high on your list. So scrappy Lenny. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Is I mean, playoff it, Lenny it, it, or Lombardi Lenny, yeah. now scrappy Lenny. Scrappy Lenny, he was, you know, it was it was literally literally the last play of the two day workouts, literally, and he just decided to uh, take a swipe at Simmons' helmet or something like that. I don't know. But, you know, the bench is cleared, and then there was a lot of pushing and shoving, and nothing really, nobody got hurt. So that was a good thing. So the work was good. Um, they're going to play, of course, Saturday night against the Titans in the preseason game. Don't expect to see any or many starters, that's for sure. Let's start with uh, the news of the day, I guess. And, and listen, I some of this messaging from the Bucks has not been stellar, to say the least. I mean, I think I know what's going on in terms of, you know, they just don't have much information, but uh, after practice, uh, we were, you know, Todd Bowles talked to the media and he was asked about Tom Brady and that uh, did he know exactly you know when Tom Brady would return after this uh, Tennessee Titans game on Saturday, and he said, "We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. I'm not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game." I said sometime after Tennessee, and this is the key part. There's no definitive date for me. We'll think on it. We'll keep in touch and find out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back to the there's no definitive date. Now, that could just mean that, well, the earliest that any of us are going to be back there practicing is Monday, and he may or may not be there then. Um, However, no definitive date. Uh, And we'll see. It, it, It just cracks the door open a little too much to think that maybe this can continue and I have talked to um, a number of people with the Bucks who are 99.9% sure that yes indeed Tom Brady is going to come back and quarterback this football team um, but there's you know and, and again we know that this was planned before training camp that he knew he needed to get some time off about right now not a lot of details about what this is about um, you know Life-work balance was what the NFL Network called it. Mm, don't know about that. But there is some there there. There's a reason why he has uh, not been with his teammates. And and now we don't have a definitive date for his return. So I'm just going to tell you, as a as a Bucks fan, as somebody who covers the Bucks, until I see him walk through the door, this is a story. You know? Um, it, it's just going to be one of those, yeah, Looks like looks like it'll work out, and and maybe it will. Um, but there's going to be some some nervous people come Monday if he's not back, Tuesday if he's not back, and 
let's face it, their final preseason game is next week. Uh, and that's the last chance for any of them. The starters you would, you would think might get a little bit of time in that game. I don't know. Um, there's some school of thought that why, why put them out in the last game if you haven't put them out yet, um, especially if, if guys have anything you know slightly or remotely bothering them. Um, but this is it for Tom Brady before they have a week in between the final preseason game and then, of course, a week in preparation after that for the Dallas Cowboys. So the clock's a ticking, but um, no definitive date for Tom Brady. As far as the practice goes, uh, there was some highlights. Devin Tompkins, man, this kid from Utah State, and and for that matter, you know, we we, we obviously saw uh, what Jareth Stearns could do in the game last week. Tompkins too, he had the fourth down catch to put him in field goal range that was missed at the end of the Miami game. He put on a show. If you go to TampaBay.com and the Tampa Bay Times, or you go on my Twitter feed, you will see a catch, the play of the day where this little guy mosses some dude, and it, it, it's just incredible. Didn't drop anything all day long. These rookie receivers have really left a mark, and, and it is the most, you know, the deepest, obviously the deepest position they have because the, there's four spots already accounted for, and typically you're not going to keep more than six receivers, um, which doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for all the guys that are on this football team. But these new guys have, uh, have really shown up. And it's impressive whether you're talking about Tompkins, Jared Stearns, Kalon Geiger, who is a tremendous route runner, the kid from Texas Tech. He's another one. Um, you hear less and less about Scotty Miller. Um, Tyler Johnson has had a tremendous camp. He got a little nicked up, you know, in, out there on, uh, on, on Thursday. I don't know if he's going to play in the game, um, but he's okay. But so it, they've got a big decision to make. But these guys – were phenomenal. They were phenomenal, and especially Tompkins, who I talked to. You can read my conversation with him a little bit on the Tampa dot com as well. Um, it was a little scary out there, though. Some some injuries to of note to to just keep an eye on, and start with right tackle Tristan Wirfs. Right, arguably outside of Brady, maybe the best player on their football team. I mean, maybe the guy that's going to also put on a gold jacket one day. I don't know, um, but his his career has that sort of potential. So he left practice. They were doing one-on-one pass drills, and he, he appeared to have an abdominal pull or an injury to his right side, ribs, whatever it is, um, kind of felt it pull and was holding it a little bit, and they took him in, and he did not return to practice. Now, he, he was walking around okay, didn't seem to be in an ornamental pain or anything like that. So maybe there's some cramping involved there. I don't know. Um, I don't play football, and I certainly don't play right tackle. So it's something there you worry about. I know if this is baseball, you worry about core injuries and things like that um, that can take a while to heal. Uh, but we just don't have an update about worse. He was not going to play in the game anyway. Um, the other one uh, that was sort of significant was cornerback uh, Zion McCallum, uh, their rookie from Sam Houston, uh, who is you know backing up Carlton Davis right now and needs to play. He had kind of a uh, kind of a, a I don't know an overwhelming. Uh, you know, first preseason game. Uh, you know, there's a guy that played in about a front of eight or 9,000 fans in his college career, and he goes out and and was, you know, thinking about things during the national anthem, getting emotional, and um, got beat on a double move for a touchdown. He's an incredible athlete. He's going to bounce back and all of that stuff, but he ended up um, having a pulled hamstring. And it, it it's a strain, but it, it, it was bothering him. He didn't have much mobility after after the practice. 
Uh, he was pulled out early and didn't do anything. Uh, so I don't expect him to play in the game, and he needs the time uh, because they're not going to play their starters. And so you'd love to see McCallum uh, get out there. And, you know, I talked to him and wrote a story about him in the Tampa Bay Times, uh, just how the speed of the game. You know, that that's the shocking thing is that there's practice speed, and then you get in that football game, and it's preseason speed. We're not even at regular season speed yet, but preseason speed, and it's so much faster. And you realize, wow, uh, this is this is the way I need to play in practice because things are really happening quick out here. Uh, so McCallum's learning that lesson, and unfortunately he's probably not going to be able to you know, to take what he learned from the first game and, and apply it against the Titans because I, I really don't think he's going to be able to play. So um, tough break for him. We'll see if he can make it back in time for the final preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts, which is up in Indiana uh, a week from Saturday. We got your mailbag questions today. Every, uh, every question answered 100% correctly. Your money back. But first, folks, it's cooling off a little bit up here in Tennessee. I know it's hot as it can be back there in Tampa, and I know what your electric bill is doing because mine's doing it too. Got a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years. And You've got this field where there's a lot of these fly-by-night companies. May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty plus with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. So if you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products and conducts on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 for schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve your quality of life and the quality of your appliances through the storm season. 727-819-2862. All right, Steve, we got some mailbag questions. Let's get started. We'll start with the Bucks since uh, that's what we were just talking about. Madison had tweeted, What's your assessment on the Bucks' left guard competition? From camp reports, it seems like no one's really standing out. Who do you think ultimately wins a starting job? Stinney? Leverett? Somebody else? You know... This is a great question, and I'm going to write about it for Sunday um, in my notes column. We saw for the first time Luke Gedeke get, or Gedeke, I'm not exactly sure how he pronounces his name, which is my bad, um, the rookie, uh, take first, first team reps there for the first time this training camp. And it makes sense, right? You've had Nick Leverett over there. You've had Aaron Stenny over there. And we asked Todd Bowles, you know, why – you know, why is he now getting these reps this late sort of in the camp? And he goes, well, because he didn't know the offense. I mean, you couldn't put him out there if he didn't know what he was doing. Well, now he knows what he's doing. And I think he's a really good player. Like, you know, I just remember all, always in the past, whether it was Alex Kappa, you know, coming from a, a, a small school or Ali Marpet from, you know, Division three school. Um, these guys came in and started their first year and held up and played really, really well. And so from that standpoint, um, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if Gedeke ends up in that group, you know, that, that he comes and, and takes this job. Now, he's got a couple games. He's got to prove it. There's a chance he could start the game, I guess, on Saturday night against the Titans. Um, but right now it's, it's Nick. It's Stinney. Um, we know Robert Haynes. He's playing center. 
So he's got to get some snaps, and he's getting better and better. Um, but I I really think that uh, you know these next couple of weeks with with, with Gedeke, is going to be really interesting to see because uh, he's got a little snarl to him. You know, he he's he's that guy. He describes himself as a glass eater, um, and you need those guys on the offensive line, particularly with the loss of Ryan Jensen. Um, and so uh, we'll we'll. We'll get a good look at him Saturday night, but I don't think it's been decided. If I had to handicap it, I would say right now that either Stenny or, or um, you know, well, yeah, prob- probably Stenny would have the edge just because he's played more. Um, but it, it's not a slam dunk. It truly is a competition. When they say we're going to look at everybody, they're really looking at everybody, and now it's, now it's uh, Luke's turn. All right, we'll switch to the Rays here, unless it tweeted. Rick, am I looking at this correctly? Only one pitcher under contract for 2023, and it's Brooks Raley. In fact, only four players in total under contract for next year with a lot of arbitration eligible. Does that bode well for the Rays' future? Not a lot of stability there. Steve, I'll be honest with you. I have not looked at their contract situation, so you might have a better idea than me, but arbitration it does not mean you're going to lose the player. Yeah, so I looked it um, up. I looked it up, and, and there's five players under contract for next year. Well, four. Kevin Kiermeyer has a contract for next year. The Rays, it's $13 million. They can buy it out for $2.5 million, which two they million, most likely yeah. will. Manuel Margot's under contract, Brendan Lau, Brooks Raley, and Wander Franco. Those are the ones under contract for next year. Now, Free agents that they have on the roster, you got Corey Kluber, David Peralta, Mike Zanino, Matt Whistler, and Jason Adam. I believe those are the only free, unrestricted free agents. Everybody else is either under team control, meaning you're in your mm-hmm. first three years in the majors. Right. Which you're, you're, you don't have a contract number for next year, but the team, the number is going to be the minimum's around 700000 It may go up next year. Based on your performance, you get a couple thousand dollars more. They're going to be within. But you're not arbitration eligible. You're no. still under right. team control. So, you know, let's say Isak Paredes is uh, mm-hmm. he made he's making seven hundred thousand this year. He's under team yeah. control for next year. If the sure. minimum, let's say, goes up to seven ten, he could make seven ten, but he's played pretty well this year. Maybe he gets up Maybe to seven fifteen or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you it's going to be within a few thousand dollars of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've got other guys that after your first three years there, you get your arbitration eligible. Generally, you get three years of arbitration, although there are some guys that have arbitration four years, which Tyler Glass now has won. So those, you have their rights. You know, like Harold Ramirez is an arbit- his second year of arbitration this year. Made 728000 this year. You have him under contract next year. You've got to go to arbitration or come to a deal with him. He's probably going to get a raise based on how he's played. So maybe next year he's going to make eight fifty, let's say, instead of seven twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, while you, you you only have four guys under contract where we know the number, those other guys are all unless you cut them. Some you may end up cutting because one, the Rays have a lot of guys on the sixty day IL. When the off season comes, you've got to bring those guys back. On the roster. And they're on the 40-man, right? Right. Well, th- that doesn't count against the 40-man if you're on the 60-day aisle. Oh, okay. So all those guys have to be brought back on the, like Tyler Glass now, is going to be brought back on the 40-man. Now, if he comes back early this year, they'll have yeah. to do that now. Yeah, you got to make yeah. room for them on the 40-man. Plus, you're going to have some minor league guys that are going to become Rule 5 eligible, meaning another team could draft them and steal them from you. 
but they have to so play in the big league roster. Who's, the whole who's year. you protecting there? So yeah. there'll be certain guys in the minors that have to be put on the forty man in order to keep them. Right. So how they shakes out, but all those guys that are in arbitration or team control, the Rays will have them back next year. You just don't sure. know the number yet. I mean, you know, yeah. Randy Rosarina, not free agents. Yeah. They're not going to leave the team. Yeah, Randy Rosarina is be- making seven sixteen six this year. The minimum is seven hundred thousand. He's in his what second full year, so you know they it was probably seven ten minimum for that. But they they came up and gave him an extra six thousand or so. Next year he'll probably get a little more than that. I mean it's I don't know the it, the whole details of it, but don't worry about the fact that basically what this tells you is that the Rays have a very young roster because yeah. almost everybody on the team is, is less than control. six years of major league experience. Yeah. Which we know that with the team, yeah. Um, so continuity is not going to be an issue. They're going to have mm-hmm. their core players back, mm-hmm. and then they'll have to see you know yeah. where they add around with the. Uh, they just don't the know the exact number at this point. Yeah, you know, it, it, those will be negotiated, and you know, generally they come to a deal before you get to arbitration. But sometimes it goes to arbitration, and arbitration's mm-hmm. got to be a that's got to be a crappy process for a player. Yeah, you get to hear how bad you are. You get to hear them say awful things about you. Yeah, it's really why tough. you don't that's deserve you, whatever you ask for. What you right. deserve, what we say you should. Make. Yeah, that's why you get agents because you don't want to take that stuff personally. But mm-hmm. it is tough, tough process. But in the hearing, I believe the players in the hearing. I don't think you. I think you. Uh, generally, I think, or maybe it, I could be wrong. But all right, Carl tweeted us. He said, "With all the money and resources Major League Baseball teams pour into star players like Fernando Tatis Jr." Then he knowingly violated rules and contract, possibly costing his team a playoff shot. Can a team sue a player for damages? Not just fire or void a contract, but sue them. Has it happened? Jeez, um, these baseball questions are tough. I, I don't know that it that, that a team has sued a player. I, I'm guessing uh, in the CBA that's not possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that you void your contract in certain instances. They probably don't have to pay them when they're suspended for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tatis, I think, is going to miss 80 games. That's not going to be with pay, um, I don't believe. And um, maybe I'm wrong about that, too. I don't think I am, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's – it's it's listen, part of professional sports um, in general – you know whether you're talking about Deshaun Watson, right? Like he's in the news now because they—that was another big item that we didn't talk about. But they—they they decided on 12 game suspension for him and five million dollars. Eleven it was sort game, of eleven games suspension. Or eleven games. I'm sorry, eleven games, tw- uh, five million dollars, and it was negotiated by the NFLPA on behalf of Deshaun, his lawyers, and the NFL. Um, and so, you know, he can't be with the team. Um, the fine is what it is. So you're going to lose money. You know, when you don't have a player's services, you don't need generally need to pay them. This is professional sports. But as far as saying you've cost us damages and things like that, like I, I've never, you know, everything in, in professional sports these days is collectively bargained. So the union and the leagues have decided what the process is for payment, non-payment. And if there is a dispute, it, it, it usually goes to some kind of arbitration. Um and and so there's really um, there's they, they they take the courts out of it you know except in rare cases they'll you know you saw Watson and them maybe threatening um, you know to go to court if he was suspended for a year or whatever but uh, in general what happens even when they get to court is they say well you 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 collectively bargain this as a union this is the CBA you have to abide by it um, but 
so so that prevents teams from suing players and probably presumably players suing teams but um it's fairly negotiated beforehand i don't i don't recall mm-hmm. a, a team suing a player here um, here's the interesting part and there's no way to prove this and with the cba it's probably not possible but Tati signed a 14-year, $340 million contract last year. So he's in year two of that contract. Yeah. Now, supposedly, according to him, he took some medication for ringworm or got a haircut, according it's to always his Always an accident. And, yep. And, and Didn't know. Took the steroids. Me. But what if he actually was on steroids, signs a $340 million, and comes back and isn't anywhere near the player he is for the rest of the 12 years remaining on this team. Well, and, and, and I appreciate that, and it happened during the steroid era, but mm-hmm. you know what? Buyer beware. I mean, if these owners are going to give these guys this money and then they find out their dude was only successful because of steroids and therefore you're paying him based on his production, then that's on you. You know? Um, I know what you're saying. I appreciate mm-hmm. the, the sentiment, but it's like, you know, did you think he was doing it naturally? I mean, if you bought if you bought it and he ended up, you know, it's, there's no lemon law. It's free agency. Uh, you don't get to go back and say, yeah, but I thought I thought all these home runs were natural, and now I find out that it's it's just steroids. Well, you know, that's on you. I mean, character is part of the evaluation, and um, we'll see if he's going to be the same player. The funny thing, really, about the Padres is as much as they, I mean. Fernando Tatis, steroids included, was a phenomenal player, but they've done terrific without them. Like they, they probably feel like, look, we we can win now. And they made the the trades that they mm-hmm. made and the the club that they built. Um, he, you know, his absence is not necessarily going to prevent them from getting into the playoffs and or advancing and maybe even winning a World Series. But they were banking uh, on him being another addition to this team. No question, a big one. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why they paid him all the money. Uh, and when he was healthy and on steroids, it appears, uh, you know, he was blasting the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, he was considered one of the best players in the game. So that's why he's making the kind of money he's making. But the, the biggest thing you said there was, what, 14 years? 14 years, $340 million. I mean, 14 years left, and those those contracts yeah. are all guaranteed 100% in baseball. Well, and, and what's really been interesting, too, with him is hearing his teammates' comments. Because they're not missed, that they're not that thrilled about him. Well, I mean, he missed most of the season because of a motorcycle accident. Right. Which, you know, he's a pinhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's bad decisions doing? he's making. Right. It's hurting Immature. them. It's hurting their team. They're them. right. You continue to hurt your players, and they're not going to be your teammates. Aren't going to be too uh, accommodating for you if you're not going to be accountable for what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's what's interesting is just how many of his teammates are out there trashing him or. Right, ripping his decision making yeah. at this point. Sure, yeah, and he'll have to get back in his good graces somehow and grow up and 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 be productive again with or without you know steroids in this case. And otherwise, yeah, your teammates your teammates aren't going to be real happy if you're not accountable. Matt tweeted us and says, "Seems like all's quiet on the race stadium talks. Is this cause for concern, or should we assume talks are happening behind closed doors with Tampa and or St. Pete officials?" I never assume anything. I, I, you know, this the stadium shows that we do, and the, and the questions. I appreciate the questions because um, we ask for them. But uh, at the same time, listen, if there was something really hot and heavy, it would probably leak out at some level because people can't keep secrets. Um, 
by the same token, I, I've always said that, you know, there's deadlines and then there's real deadlines. And up until and including when they have to move the moving vans, you know, to pack the gear, I don't know that you're going to get a solution, you know. Um, I, I remain optimistic. I've seen good things. I've seen bad things. I, I have no clue where they, where they stand. I just know that the calendar continues to move. Um, we're going to get to that time, even in St. Petersburg's future, where they're going to decide what to do with that property there and the redevelopment of the downtown, which is already incredibly underway. Um, so we're getting closer just to, from a time standpoint. Um, but I don't, I don't take news or no news as a sign of anything. I, I, you know, usually when things get hot, uh, two things happen. One, you know, everybody has a gag order and, and if it's really close, um, but then very often too, you know, if enough people know it's imminent, it, it leaks out. So until Mark Tompkin tells me there's a deal, there's not a deal. All right, well, Chad had tweeted, what are the chances the Rays get a new stadium before the Bulls? Well, the Bulls already have plans for one, and, I, and the Rays don't, so I don't know what the construction um, timetable would be. Uh, right now, I'd be betting on USF, wouldn't you? Again, I don't know how long you know shovels in the ground and how long it would take to build whatever it is they're going to build over there. But they seem fairly committed and and have uh, you know begun their funding campaigns. And I think we're going to have a, an on campus stadium at USF. I can't tell you we're going to have a new race stadium. Yeah, I mean, it seems like I mean USF has the location picked out and they have the land. Yeah, the land, and they're, and they're working with firms already. Um, we just don't know how far down the road the Rays are. And they've raised some money, maybe not all mm-hmm. of it, but some. Yeah, I mean, and, I, you know, funding is going to be a big part of that. So uh, which one's I'd first? I'd be betting on the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. I mean, it, it, you know, there's the land, like just if the Rays had a site right now and didn't know how to fund it, that would be progress, right? I mean, like, but USF has plenty of property. They own it. And they know where they want to put the dang thing. So now it's just a question of how much money can we raise. All right, we'll go to college football. And Michael had tweeted us, which state school do you think will be the most improved team this year? Hmm. It's a great question. Um, I mean, Billy Napier has a chance to, to do some things at Florida, although with that SEC schedule, I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, see a huge improvement in terms of wins and losses necessarily. Florida State, this is Norvell's, what, third third year, I think. Um, so there's, you know, Miami is the only ranked team in the state of Florida. I'll tell you who, who needs to improve the most because they have the furthest to go. That's USF. Um, to me, you know, when you've won three games in two years, but you were very close on a bunch of others last season, and now you have a new quarterback, um, with some promise, and you brought in some players through the transfer portal, and Jeff Scott needs to win, and he needs to win now. Uh, he has a new offensive court, uh, you know, offensive assistant, whatever you want, whatever the title is they gave him. I, I think USF, because of where they're coming from, is going to make the biggest leap, and that that could be maybe five or six wins. But if you win six, you're bowl eligible, you know. So for them, that's that's a a, a gigantic leap, uh, and something and one that's necessary. Um, I don't see, you know, 
Florida would have to win what nine, ten games to really have a, a seismic leap. That's probably not going to happen in the first year. Uh, Florida State maybe not as many, but yeah, for where they're at and for where I think they think they're going, I would say USF might make the biggest move. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, Jeff had tweeted us. He says, Rick, I noticed a lot of crazy things said on Twitter. Because of your job, you're tied to the ecosystem. With celebrities and average folks taking mental health breaks from social media, do you find it difficult to stay plugged in all the time? Um, I mean, there's times I want to walk away from it and turn it all off. Uh, unfortunately, I can't. And the reason I can't is because, according to my sources... Madam Shifter and others break news on Twitter. So I have to be on social media just to make sure I know everything that's going on and around the Buccaneers. It's my job to tell other people what it is, and I do that, I think, fairly consistently. However, um, you can't, as a beat writer, and this has been the hardest thing. One day I'll explain how exhausted I am uh, with beat writing, but um, the hardest thing about it is, is that you can't turn it off. And and I mean, unfortunately, when you go to dinner with your with your wife and children, you can't turn it off. Uh, when there's a holiday, I'm I'm going to spend Christmas Eve and or Christmas in Arizona. You can't turn it off. So there's very few times when I'm just like completely. It, it's got to be vacation, uh, and I mean vacation from the standpoint like I'm and I had a long vacation. As Jim Rose used to say, I take a lot of vacation because I get a lot of vacation. So I was, you know, in the Pacific Ocean in Hawaii, so I, I was not checking my phone. Um, but short of that, you know, and, and I try not to, you know, the hard thing to do is like, you know, there's so many trolls now and, and so much so many bait, so much baiting that goes on. The hard thing is to realize, like, you know, just just don't just go above the fray. Don't respond. Uh, block them if you want to. And I typically only block people when they are when they get personal for no reason because they're just idiots. And then, you know, you call up their, you call up their uh, Twitter feed and, they, you know, they got three followers and, you know, uh, they follow nine people. So, like, who cares? But um, but it, 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 I find it really hard. I, I wish I could turn it off. I really do. And, you know, social media uh, has its pluses, but, man, it certainly has has its uh, uh, deficits, too. And, and um, it, it mental, mentally, it can get you. And so, you know, I, I was talking to some young writers um, at the Tampa Bay Times, interns and the like, and, and some others, because, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the old guy now. And um, I uh, was telling them, you know, I... I the way this business has gone, uh, in some ways, what they're what we're asked to do, um, and again, it's 
I'm not going to change my career. I'm very blessed to have this job as long as I have at the Tampa Bay Times. I'm going to keep doing it if they'll let me. Um, but having said that, in some respects, it's unsustainable the way we do it. And and that is, you know, you can you can burn out really fast. And 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 I I encourage the the young writers to, uh, you know, try as Tom Brady is doing, try to find that work balance and and have an outlet. Uh, whether it's you know if you're a a, a biker or a jogger or a basketball player, a softball player, like whatever you do, do something um, that will get your attention away from your, you know, your job. Because as, as beat writers, and you could be anything, you could be covering, you know, government, you could be covering the Florida legislature, uh, you could be doing the school board, uh, schools, um, that can be, that can really wear you down. And, and it is getting harder because I think, I think the world is getting harder and we're more connected and it's, it's very easy to, um, you know, to, to take things personal. And there, there's a lot of people that'll say things and do things behind the keyboard that would never say it to your face. Um, and you just got to kind of rise above all that. So mental health is an issue. Uh, I don't know if mine's any good or not left at this point, but, um, I try to, I try to do things, whether it's biking, you know, um, family time you you take the time when you can get it but listen at any minute even while we're doing this this podcast my phone could go off and i'm on a big story you know and that's that's just part of the business there's been times we've had to stop recording to go so you could go that's correct chase a story write a story and come back hours later sometimes yeah or the middle of the night or you know you're on a runway in san francisco (laughs) i'm on a runway in san francisco when Jameis winston gets three game suspension and I'm told that no one's going with it till six, and they actually went with it at five fifty-five. Silly me, I waited. Um, but yeah, no, that 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 stuff happens more often than not. That uh, you know, if you can pick a worse time, that's when it's going to happen. Or I always. call you as you're driving through Kansas to say, "Hey, you want to do a <laughs> podcast know, right? tonight?" And you go, for "Bruce what? Arians, <laughs> what? What happened? Bruce Arians retired. Oh, great! I took three days in a solid year to drive my son to Denver and his girlfriend, and guess what happened? Bruce Arians retired." What could go wrong next? You know, it's incredible. I mean, that stuff. I had one day. Literally, I had not just one day. The the, the Jameis Winston stuff had gone on for six months. They had been negotiating with the NFL what the suspension was going to be, and I told my wife months and months before that. I go, you know, when this is going to happen? There's only one place where we don't have the internet, and that's over the Pacific Ocean. We were flying to Hawaii, and I said it's going to happen when I'm over that ocean, and I'll be darned if we weren't on the plane in San Francisco rolling down the runway when it beeped up. I mean, I was just minutes away. I had already had the story written. I knew everything that was going to occur, but uh, so I was able to get it up. But it's like 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later, eh, wouldn't have known until I landed in, in Honolulu six hours ago. All right, we'll wrap up on this, and I know you've got uh, some obligations there in Nashville tonight. Uh, Ryan had tweeted us. He says, you've been covering the Bucks for so long now. Can you give us your top two old sombrero stories? And welcome to the old sombrero, otherwise known as Tampa or Houlihan Stadium. Um, I'll give you one, and it has nothing to do with the Bucks. Uh, a hundred years ago, or so it seems, the USFL. Remember the Tampa Bay Bandits? Bandit? You don't remember? They're but back. Bandit ball. They're back. Yeah, they are back. Well, not really, but 
But, you know, no, seriously, it was a thing. Like, the Bucks were horrible. They were 2-14. and 14, And it was first and 10, do it again, bandit ball. And they had Steve Spurrier, oh, ball coach. You know, throw, throw the ball around, bandit ball. You know, throw some bandit ball. And John Reeves was the quarterback, and uh, Eric Trevelyan, E.T., people that are old enough remember these names, and they're going to go nuts when they hear them. So, first game, first game at uh, what was then Tampa Stadium, I believe. Uh, I'm a young, even younger reporter who doesn't have a beat. I'm doing high schools, I think. And I get to, uh, I, I get to tag along with Dave Scheiber, who was, who was uh, uh, soon to be a Bucks beat writer, but at that time was assigned the Tampa Bay Bandits of the USFL. And we went to the home opener, the debut of uh the tampa bay bandits at home uh and uh i was doing a sidebar that night and uh it was sort of surreal it was a it was a cool it was a cool vibe um the team was well marketed they actually had similar colors to what the bucks have now they were silver and 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 sort of black uh and red um and uh just well marketed team uh owned by the bassett family and they also had some minority investors, and one of which was Burt Reynolds. Uh, and because the Bandits was sort of nicknamed after Smokey and the Bandit, if you will. Burt Reynolds, former Florida State football player, right? So he's an investor, and this is when Reynolds is hot. I mean, he's doing, you know, he, he's, he's the alpha, right? Doing Smokey and the Bandit and all that. And he's, he's dating or, and or married to, I can't remember which, Lonnie Anderson, who was killing it on WKRP, right? Um, which you should be familiar with because mm-hmm. you've spent a lot of time in Cincinnati. And and then they had all their other little friends. And, and so uh, my job was to wait for the entourage to show up. Uh, Burt Reynolds, Lonnie Anderson, and Charles Nelson Riley, who used to be on Hollywood Squares, right? Uh, and, and these these three Hollywood characters walking. It was just, it was really surreal, really surreal. Um, and, and you know, the games and stuff, I mean, I could talk about a million games, but that was a cool night because uh, the Bandits were a really good organization and it was just, it was just so different for Tampa in those days to have Hollywood anything, right, um, show up uh, at a game, much less be in the minority ownership. The other thing personally for me um was and this was a couple years ago and I'm sure I could rank other things higher than this but for me uh was they had Buzz Aldrin uh was going to be involved in the uh I don't know was it was the coin flip or some such thing right but he was he was a a guest of honor um and this has not been too many years ago and I was a really young kid uh, when man landed on the moon. I mean, really young. Uh, but, you know, anybody that, that had remotely any years in the 60s, you know, remember that was a, you know, penultimate moment, of course. And um, so I was kind of a space geek growing up, you know, right up until the shuttle and all of that. And uh, to think that one of the first men to walk on the moon, I was going to have a chance to meet you know, and uh, and this has been several years ago, but yeah, there he was. There was Buzz, and we we actually got to talk to him a lot, you know. And he he has he's still a tough guy, 
but but he kind of has this little attitude about Neil Armstrong that I don't think is all entirely healthy. <laughs> because cause Neil got to walk on the moon, you know, once that's one small step for man, right? Neil got to not got to plant his foot on the on on the moon before Buzz did. And I I think that was if you will a Buzz kill um <laughs> for Armstrong because he was like I'm flying the damn thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but this guy gets to step on the moon before me. Um, but it was kind of funny just uh, just hearing the stories and to think what they did, you know. To th- with with believe me, no more um, computer ability than what's in the palm of your hand right now. If you're holding a phone, uh, you have more uh, data and 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 uh, and computer ability. These guys are pulling levers and stuff, um, and and going and literally landing on the moon. It's just I don't know. It was incredible to stand there next to somebody who had done that. Right, like there's. There's only one, uh, you know, first time, right? Um, I know they made many Apollo missions after that, uh, and and yet uh, here's here's one of the first two men to actually walk on the moon. I thought that was cool. All right, thanks for your questions. The Rays, of course, continue their series against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, boy, we haven't talked in a tough night the other night with the Grand Slam walk off in the York. Ooh. After uh, right. Mejia gets the, the... <laughs> it was over. Yeah. He drove in the bases clearing double or whatever it was, and 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 yep. then you give up the the granny in the end. And it was like, oh, that one hurt. Uh, anyway, they continue their series against Kansas City Royals, and I will be at Nashville for the Bucks and the Tennessee Titans on Saturday night. Uh, and we'll see if Kyle Trask can build on his uh, uh, first uh, good appearance, and um, and maybe see some other quarterbacks too. So. Check it all out. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to talk about it. Have a great weekend. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. We'll talk to you on Monday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.